Welcome to another episode of PropCast, a property podcast that aims to educate, inspire, and engage property investors. We are your hosts, Dami Shinobala and Bimbala Osaige. Hi, Bim. Hi, Dami. How are you? How's it going? I am well, thank you. And yourself? Tired of lockdown. Just tired of lockdown. You're always tired of lockdown. I am. You just have to, you just have to keep moving, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Nothing we can, this is the new normal. Oh dear, I don't want this to be the new normal. I actually, the funny thing though is I go out almost every day because I've got all this, um, I've got three, three projects I'm working on. So I do leave the house, but I think it's because I'm not going anywhere exciting as such. I'm not, you know, so I'm tired. <laughs> I'm, I'm not tired of being at, well, but I'm just tired of the fact that we can't really do anything exciting. Half term's coming up um, in a couple of weeks, and well, actually, or next week, actually. And typically, it's the time to go away, time to do something fun with the family. But it's looking as though it's just going to be like any other week. So that's why I'm tired. Okay, what can we do? <laughs> we're, we're grateful to be alive, eh? That's the main thing. That's the main thing. So today... What what are we talking about today? We are ben? going to be looking at financing options post COVID or in COVID post COVID. So remember, we did uh, we had a we had a one of our very first podcasts, and this was at the the beginning of um of the pandemic. We had we interviewed a broker, uh, and we talked about all the different financing options. Talked about payment holiday and so on and so forth. So it's like one year now. And I feel like it's, it's time for us to revisit that conversation. Um, but this time around, I want to speak about my broker. To, we've got my broker um, with us today. So I think maybe I should just introduce her, right? Yeah, well, I kind of teed you up, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go so for it. Hello, everyone. And um, thank you, Gator. So we've got Gator Patel from Lemon Tree Financials with us today. She's a guest. She's our guest for the day. She's an amazing broker. Seriously, I'm not even okay. saying this. I'm blushing now, Bimbola. I'm <laughs> blushing. <laughs> let, let, me just, let me give you the intro to Gita. So a few years back, um, I, I did my property training so many years back. And um, as part of the training, one of the good things about where I trained was the speaker this, um, shared his broker and his lawyer and you know share some of his details with us which is really cool because not everyone does that so anyway I wrote that down but I didn't really actually do anything about it and then I was looking to do a purchase and I remember there was a particular remortgage I was looking to do and I had a broker at the time so I was meant to do this remortgage and for some reason broker came back and said oh sorry the bank and I think it was the mortgage works at the time they had the one of the best rates at the time and he said well the mortgage works they've got a, a little bit more um, stringent with their requirements and they won't do the small gauge but then and then of course naturally my my response would be okay that's fine if they don't want to do it can we get someone else to do it and then he came back and said um do you know what I think you should just wait six months and I'm like, what? Do you not realize that time is money? And everything I said, he just wasn't coming up with anything positive. So I thought, you know what? I don't have time for this. So I went to my black book, found Gita's number, and then I called them. And I think it was just the way that after the one conversation, I literally went from feeling very hopeless to now I had options. And this was like the very first phone call. 
And you know, typically when you find, when you try out a new um, professional or professional services, you know, maybe perhaps they might want to, as a way of buying or getting you to take on their services, they might promise you stuff and maybe not deliver. That has not been the case. Every single time I've had any kind of requirement, finance requirements for my properties, um, Lemon Tree Financial, they've been really good to me, you know, not just as a broker, but even giving advice on all sorts. So yes, thank you, Gita, for honoring the invitation. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on here. Um, so thank you. And I suppose, can you, you might want to just introduce yourself. Um, yeah. Hi, Bimbola. I really don't know how to start now. You've just big me up so much. I've got so much to follow now. <laughs> Gita, I'm hoping that I get these kind of introductions <laughs> the next time, you know, <laughs> Bim is introducing me. I feel me. like she's just introduced Beyonce or someone. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've been doing it, I think, uh, what the way we do things, I mean, just a little bit of introduction. Um, uh, I've been in the world of finance for, oh gosh, a lot, a lot t- uh, probably 35 years I've been in the world of finance, in banking and then actual specialising in mortgages and what have you. And in that time, we've built up our own portfolio. So what we try and bring to our clients is that we know where things can go right, but we also know where things can go wrong. So when Bimbola comes to us and says, I want to do this, can you help? It's not just a case of can we get the finance? We also look at is it actually a good deal? Have you looked at this or have you looked at that? And we've had so many conversations in the past that we've been bolder about is yeah. a project a good project or not? And should we yeah. go for it? Should we not? And, and I think that's where we're slightly different maybe to other brokers in that we just don't look at it from, can we get a mortgage on this? It's, it's the whole picture. You know, how is it, does it affect you? Where do you want to go with this property? It's always yeah. an overview of your position and, and how it's going to help. And why are you buying the property? Yeah, there's there's one other thing again. Just as one of the re- things that I really love about um, your service, and you know, and, and I, you know, it's always good to share when you know if someone's doing something really well, tell other people about it because that's how that's what I would want other people to say about me if I'm doing something well. One of the things that I really like about Gator's practice as well, in fact, there are two things: is the first time round that you come to them you literally have this big, massive paperwork that you have to <laughs> fill out. You literally have to pour out your entire life on that paper. But I think the reason, obviously I know that the reason why that is, is is no point going to lender A when there's a good chance that you're going to get refused. You know, so but, but by knowing what your circumstances are, by knowing where you are, by knowing your personal financial circumstances, it gives them the the... the the insight to go to the right lender. And I think for exactly, me, that, that yeah. is amazing. Because I, I hear, and I speak to people where, in fact, I was speaking to someone the other day and they went to three, they had three mortgage refusals and I was really shocked. I'm like, but why is your is your broker taking you to all of these lenders? Like there's something that they're not doing right. There's no reason why you should have three refusals because the lender, the broker should already know or have an idea that look, based on your circumstances, based on your finances, based on your credit, maybe perhaps this lender isn't suitable because once you start getting refusals on your credit, it, it basically affects your credit score. So that's one thing that I know that you guys do really well. Yeah, and that's the reason we ask for it because mm. you've got to look at us as we're your first point of call. You tell yeah. us everything, everything that you wouldn't want a bank to know, you tell us. And then we'll say to you, you know what, today you can't get a mortgage, but if you do X, Y, and Z, in three months time we can do this for you 
Yeah. Um, and and that's that's what you need. You need honest advice. What we don't do is we don't just apply and say, okay, you know what? Maybe they'll do it. That's mm. not the way we work. Because at the end of the day, if we do that today, you have to wait six months or maybe twelve months before you can have a mortgage, because yeah. it's just shot your credit credit file. Because yeah. they lenders remember when you've been turned down. Yeah, yeah. And we're sharing this on today's podcast. Um, just sort of to educate people listening, when you're looking for a broker, these are the things that you want to be looking out for. You know, it doesn't have to be this broker, but any broker that you're speaking to, you there's certain questions that you need to ask and there's certain questions that you expect them to ask you so they can give you the best service. The other thing as well that um, you do really well, Gita, is when, because we've had dealings for a number of years, she actually, or the practice actually diary, put my remortgages, my, <laughs> my remortgage dates in their diary. And, and then they even remind me when my rates come into an end. And for a lot of this, it's actually not um, a service that I pay them for. It is not a service that they get paid for um, as well. So I, I feel like that, that's so, um, that's, that, I mean, it, it's really lovely to just know that your broker isn't just, after you know just after okay well i'm only going to help him or her because i'm going to get a commission today but even when there's no commission um and there's no payment they still will offer you that service and i think that's really really good we talk about having a team when you're uh, you know when you're building your property but for having a team and having a good broker on your team is so important so thank you <laughs> <laughs> no no problem it's uh, anything for us um i i would say I could probably, our clients are our friends more than they are. We don't just see them as clients because the way we look at it, whatever we do, we're giving somebody a hand up. So if it's the first time buyer buying their first property, looking to build a portfolio, we want to be that person that they can ask whatever questions because it's scary. I mean, if you think back, Bimbola, that very first property you ever bought for investment, how scary was that? You know, just yeah exactly am I doing the right thing I'm putting all this money in what's going to happen so many questions so if we can take away the finance side of this and also when you get into property investment it can be quite lonely there is you don't really have who can you go to who can you talk to yeah yeah because I mean to give you an idea when we first started investing our parents were so nervous they were like are you sure you want to take up so many mortgages? Are you sure you know what you're doing? Because all they could see was the debt. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you know from my name that I'm Asian, but we're second generation. So our parents came to this country with not a lot. So mm-hmm. they built up whatever they had. And then now we're building from that. But obviously we're taking more risks because we can. Yeah. So they got very nervous. But now it's completely different. It's all turned around because they can see that the property. And they will say, oh, have you seen this property? What do you think of that? <laughs> Which is quite funny, <laughs> but that, but that, that's just it. Cause obviously, because we started when we started, we didn't have much when we started, but as you grow, as you get connections, mm-hmm. it builds. And like, you know, yourself as it, as it builds, you get given deals. Yeah. So we like to be able to share our knowledge, not just regarding mortgages and finance, but also other knowledge that we've picked up along the way. Yeah. You've just touched on something quite important there, Gita. It, it's, it's, it's uh i was reading i'm reading grant cardone's 10x book at the moment and one of the things he talks about is when you are doing something like you know whether you know whatever it is you're doing when you go when you're going at it full throttle some people might be nervous people around you might be scared uh, people around you might might try to discourage you from doing something 
but when they see it become a success they start to then like you said your parents are now the ones who are showing you properties and you're probably like it's it's cool mom it's cool dad you know, yeah exactly, we got this yeah. you know right? <laughs> yeah. so yeah that's uh it's it's very interesting awesome so in terms of in terms of the financial markets today uh Gita, with everything that's going on we obviously know about the pandemic the the furlough scheme or the all the uh, all the things that the government have tried to do to ease the burden on you know on the people during this time um you know what's your what's your what's your position on the state of the financial markets um especially in regards to property and um you know what what have you seen in uh, from a business perspective from okay so there's there's two that we've got we're really busy at the moment because there's a lot of people buying property to get in with the stamp duty deadline finishing on the 31st of March. It's a mixture of residential buyers as well as investors. Residential buyers will always push prices up because they're buying for an emotional reason. It's their home. Whereas investors are always going to be a bit more savvy. They don't want to pay too much. So we also have a collection of people that are taking money out of their properties to be ready in cash because they're expecting post-March to there to be a dip. Now, whether we see that or not, it, you know, only time will tell. But um, 31st of March, obviously, we've got our, the stamp duty holiday finishing. Whether it will continue or not, I know that the Chancellor has been asked for it to continue, but, you know, the country's broke. We don't have enough money. He might continue it for first-time buyers, but I don't think he'll continue it for investors because, you know, the property investor is always seen as a, the person with the loads of money and, the, you know, you know, they, they're basically footing the bill for everybody else. Mm-hmm. you know but it, you know whether it's true or not we're providing housing so that's a completely different conversation but in terms of finance the lenders are in the in the market to lend that's how they make their money so there is money out there to to borrow the only thing what they've done is they are very cautious now much more so than they were pre pre lockdown pre any of this happening so whereas before they were quite happy to lend to you and the lending was based on the property rental. They now want to see that if the property is not rented, can you cover the mortgage for at least three months? Mm. So we're seeing little bits of caution from their side because what they don't want to do is they want to lend to you today and then tomorrow you ask for a payment on the day. Sure. Because sure. they have to give it because of what the government has said. So when you say they want to see that you're able to cover the the rent for the mortgage for three months is that in terms of you've got some savings in your savings yeah yeah so over and above whatever you're putting down as a deposit they want to make sure that you've got some money in your account man Gita you've just mentioned payment holiday seems like an age ago now when all of that kicked off you know (laughs) (laughs) that was one of the first things we were discussing in our podcast wasn't it Uh, about payment holiday and how it but we're seeing the other side of it now you see um, because now when we apply for a mortgage for a client um, this is more so on the buy to let side is the questions that are being asked is have you suffered because of COVID how did you manage with any voids did you have any voids did you take any payment holidays and then they want to know why what your tenant profile is and what would happen if you didn't have any tenants so you've got to really it's almost like you've got to give a business case and is yeah. that is that with the traditional lenders as well as the commercial yes lenders? yeah yeah traditional lenders if they see because what it is is the government came out and said it's not going to affect your credit if you take a payment holiday. They lied. 
well, they, 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 they kind of spun the truth, if that makes sense. It's not going to affect your credit in that it's not going to be on your credit file, meaning it won't show as a late payment. However, if you want to borrow more money, when you've applied for the mortgage payment holiday, you've said to the lender, I can't afford to pay the mortgage because my tenants aren't paying. And by saying that, you're saying you can't afford to borrow. So if you then, in a few months, try and borrow more money from the same lender or another lender, they're going to say, well, if you can't afford that loan then, how can you afford it now? Yeah. So yeah. that's that's what we, because we, we're now at the other side of it, and that's what we're being asked now, you see. That's what I think Mo, our previous uh, interview, he, yeah. he alluded to that, didn't he? So. He did which was uh, interesting. So is that affecting a lot of people that are coming through your doors, Gita, the payment holiday? Yeah, I mean, if they've got the money in the account, then we can overcome it. Or, you know, a lot of them are accepting the fact that there was a bit of uncertainty when lockdown first happened. Nobody nobody knew really what was going to happen at that time. So they are, some of them are taking a common sense view, especially if their mortgages are back on track. Because if you took a payment holiday back in April, you would have finished in July. So as long as you didn't carry on, then we're fine. But if anyone carried on, I think that's where we're having, we're hitting some problems. Wow. So I suppose now with that, I think you you kind of mentioned or touched on very um, briefly some of the options for the seasoned investors. So some of these questions that have been asked of, of them. So can we ask you a question around commercial mortgages and how it works? Because that's something that um, for the season, seasoned investors are more interested in. Okay. Um, so what, what is commercial mortgage? Commercial uh, mortgages, they can either be on commercial property themselves or they can be across a, a larger portfolio. So what we're seeing on that front is um, lenders are being more cautious on actual commercial property. So as we've seen, the high street has really taken a hit during lockdown. Yeah. A lot of businesses have suffered. A lot of tenants, uh, business tenants aren't paying their rent. So they've taken, I mean, up until quite recently a lot of lenders were actually not lending on any commercial property or if they were it was limited to something like 50 percent oh wow yeah so, so so you have to find 50 percent deposit exactly yeah wow so, huge. Yeah, yeah so now it's it's creeped up to 65 percent so if you've got a strong trading business and you want to buy premises to trade from then mm-hmm. i think you're okay you know it's it's always sat at 65 70% it's not never really gone above that so that will still apply but they're looking at the behind the business now so yeah. is it likely to be affected by something like a pandemic because no one ever well we did never thought we'd be in this position so it's new so and with lenders they want to make money they don't want to lose money so they are, will always be cautious so they'll always look at worst case scenario yeah. okay right. yeah. yeah now when it comes to commercial lending on portfolios they prefer residential properties because it's less risk uh, from a tenant point of view. It's easier for them to remove problem tenants and it's easier for them to sell off parts of a portfolio. So they're always looking at how can we, if there's a problem, how can we get rid of this property? Commercial properties are always harder to get rid of in terms of sell on, you know, auction yeah. or what have you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those loans are still there, you know, the across the bigger portfolio. You know, again, just you know, just during the lockdown and just just recently, they've started to increase how much they will lend. Up until then, again, they were sitting at 65%. Now we're seeing them move up to 75%, a bit more oh. competitive, bit, bit more competitive oh. rates coming into the market as well, which they weren't before. They were literally, they priced themselves so nobody would want to borrow, really. 
So and that's interesting because on one hand, they're there for the borrowing, the, you know, they're there to make business. Um, mm-hmm. And then on the other hand, they act as though they don't want people to borrow. Yeah, that's what they do because <laughs> the government tells them you have to lend. But as a mm-hmm. business, they're thinking, well, hang on, it doesn't make sense to lend when we know there's going to be so much in unemployment. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. So if we put our rate up, no one's going to come to us anyway. Mm-hmm. Or if we put um, things in the way to stop them borrowing. So we saw the same thing in the residential market in terms of lenders pulling out um, quite a lot of products. So yes. even for like uh, the... the um, 90%. Yeah, they, yeah. Pull, they pulled that out. So I guess that was probably the same premise that they didn't feel like people would be able to maybe afford yeah. it. and they... Yeah, and it's the risk because um, everyone's talking about property values possibly going down. Um, so if you lent 90% as a lender and the market shifts, suddenly you're at 95% or a hundred percent. Um, I I don't know if you guys remember when we had the credit crunch and properties went into negative equity, you know, there was a lot of that, a lot of repossessions and, Mm -hmm. you know, lenders don't really want to repossess your property. It doesn't look good for them. And, you know, it costs a lot as well. And nobody wants to be putting anybody out on the street. So that is why they're protecting themselves by doing, you know, putting these precautions in straight away. The 90% mortgages were literally wiped off the board overnight. All the lenders, one by one, said no. And are, they are, back those, now? are those back? Are those back now? One or two lenders, but you're looking at first-time buyers, not existing. Okay, okay. Yeah. So so for first-time buyers, they, they're now able to get a mortgage that will see them um, put 10% of the value of the property yeah. down. So are they higher fees though? Do they introduce higher fees or are they still the rates, kind of the rates are much The rates are higher. Yes. And what they do is um, the lending in terms of how much they lend. Now, residential lending is on affordability. So it's on your net income. So mm. somebody le- borrowing at 75% with the same income will be able to borrow more at 75% than they can at 90%. They kind of restrict that um, their calculation of how much they lend you because they don't want to take more of a risk. It's a, it's a murky check. world finance, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it, is. it is. So just a quick one with um, first-time buyers because I, I get asked this question a lot. What is the multiplier that most banks use um, based okay. on your salary? They, they stopped using multipliers a long time ago. They work on affordability because they want to take into account your debt. But as a guide, four to four and a half times now is probably the most we're likely to get with any lender. There was a time when you could get five to five and a half, but at the moment, no more than four and a half, really. But that's a really rough guide because now they, they literally work on their income. Some of them aren't even taking into account overtime or bonuses. Right. That's uh, that five, five and a half... Um... Must have been a long time ago, Gita, because... Pre-COVID. <laughs> well, Pre-COVID. Really? really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. So this time last year, we would have been able to do that. Really? Interesting. Yeah. You got, you got, you've got to know the right brokers, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and obviously, you've got, you've got to meet the criteria <laughs> for the lender as well. But yeah. So, you know, with the commercial mortgage, just going back to that um, commercial mortgage. So yeah. the commercial mortgage could be, you said there were two types. So one could be on the com- actual commercial premises. And then the second one on residential. So what? So would your standard buy to let be termed? You wouldn't. You wouldn't really want because the rates are generally higher, but they tend to be more flexible. So, for example, if you own a block of flats or mm. um, say a student block or something like that, on something like that, you'd have a commercial loan because you couldn't get a standard buy to let on that sort of property. I mean, right. I'll give you an example. We we own a, a, 
a block of 10 flats in Liverpool. Um, and that was the one that we were using for serviced accommodation. And on that one, we had a, we, we still have a commercial loan because we can't really get a, it's, it's a listed building. We can't really get a buy to let type loan on there. Right. Um, and it, although it's 10 individual flats, so they are resident, it is residential property. You, you would need a commercial loan or something like that. Okay, so I had a question um, um, that someone asked me, and she said, "They so my friend of mine, she's got a few properties, I think a lot of five properties, five mm-hmm. individual properties with different lenders, but those five properties are coming up for remortgage. So her question was, can she get a, I suppose, a commercial mortgage or like a portfolio mortgage that basically puts everything under the same umbrella or does it work out better for her to in, to get the remortgage done individually? I think her, her preference was if you can get it all under one lender, that's fine. Is that is that what you would consider a commercial mortgage? And does that yeah, that- it would be a commercial mortgage, but it would actually, I'll be honest with you, it would come down to interest rate and the type of property. If they are standard buy-to-let properties, the commercial route can be more expensive. But what we do, what we tend to do is if you're um, a portfolio le- uh, landlord with quite a few properties, we try and go to lenders that you don't have to move away from. So mm. when your interest rate finishes, you can stay with the same lender. So you're not having, because the main thing is when you're a landlord is every time your interest rate finishes, it's the fees and yeah. it's all right for one or two properties. But when you've got five coming up at the same time, solicitors fees, valuation fees, it all adds up. And it's yeah. a few thousand every time. And especially if you're in a company as well, it's not mm-hmm. cheap. So that's probably why your friend is thinking that way. So mm-hmm. it's going to depend on the value of the portfolio, the type of property, and whether it's actually worth it financially. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not. We, our, our portfolio split. We've got some on a portfolio loan and, and some individually mm. to get the best of the both worlds, you know, because we've got different types of properties. So I suppose basically it's just down to the numbers. Numbers, yeah. It will come down to specific. Yeah. Okay, Gita, then- tell us a bit about your sort of portfolio and your kind of property journey, I guess. Oh, I know you've come here as a broker and as a finance expert, but just to kind of also get to know you and what, you know, what you've done as well, it'd be cool to hear your, your story. Okay, no problem. Well, um, I'll say I kind of married into property, if you like. Uh, when I, <laughs> so when I, when I, when I, when I uh, married Mittal, who's uh, basically Lemon Tree Financial is Mittal. He's the regulated advisor, so he does all the residential stuff. I do the, the, the interesting stuff that Bimbola brings me, all the development, all that sort of yeah. stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, so but he, he actually, um, it's more his story, really. He, uh, he was living at home, but he bought his first property uh, it was a house on the, on the road, uh, on a, a few doors down. Um, mm. They rented it out and then they bought another house. And then I think after we got married, we started buying flats. Uh, mm. And then it just grew from there, really. But the house was really, the reason for buying the house was more a case of, oh, you know, it was like, oh, mum and dad, you know, when we get married, we'll move into there and that'll be our house. But it turned out that we, you know, when, when we got married, we stayed with mum and dad for a bit and we sold that house because we wanted somewhere else to live. You know, somewhere um, we didn't like we didn't like the house to live in. It was more of a, it was ideal for tenants because mm. there is a difference, and you you you'll know when you're an investor. There's a difference between buying a property to rent out and buying yeah. a property to live in. Definitely, 
mm-hmm. is because when you're buying a property to rent out, you you've got your business hat on and you're looking at location, mm-hmm. the room mm-hmm. sizes, the functionality. You don't want a massive garden because at the end of the day, who's mm-hmm. going to maintain it? Right? Yeah, yep. <laughs> you know, and all these sort of things come into play. Whereas when it's your own home, it's completely different. And also, there's also emotion involved with your own home. That's so, the key yeah. word, emotion. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, so so that was uh so we had some money from that from that sale and then that money got reinvested and we started you know buying flats and the flats were working out really well um you know we were lucky when we started and you could buy a flat for 50,000 you know is that true <laughs> yeah. yeah well sort of in the Harrow area and rents mm. are about 500 pounds a month so that, you know oh, wow. if you compare that to today um, so we started off at that time if, and if at that time we had loads of money I'm sure we would have carried on or if we knew what mm-hmm. we knew now mm-hmm. so you know we bought properties and then our first son arrived so we stopped for a bit because you know we had the family the business was growing sort of our, our mortgage business side of things because I was I'd started off my life of working in a bank and then I was always employed my husband's always self-employed he never he never had a boss and he never wanted a boss. But mm-hmm. once I had the eldest, uh, so that was about 21 years ago, um, I joined him. So we've been working together for the last 21 years. Um, so the mortgage side has grown, but also at the same time, we, we bought properties locally. We stopped for a bit and then we restarted. We actually thought, well, why are we buying the properties? We've got the capital growth now. We actually realize that we want income. Yeah. So then we ventured outside of London, which is like, you know, anywhere north of Watford is a nosebleed, right? So, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is it's, you know, when you're, especially when you're, when we're from down south, we're afraid of the north because it's different, right? It's just, mm-hmm. it's just because we've lived here all our lives. But being, a, we're big football fans, we go up to Liverpool quite a lot. So, uh, oh, Gita, 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 you've come on podcast <laughs> and you've declared your love for Liverpool. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You're not Man United, are you? No, no. Okay, that's all right then. That's okay. I can't believe this. <laughs> we, need, we need to do a better screening job than the people we bring on here. <laughs> No, go on, go on, continue. I'm just kidding. You, I'm just kidding. I'm, uh, I'm an Arsenal supporter. Just so that's you know. all right. We like Arsenal fans. We're okay because <laughs> we, we never win. <laughs> exactly. Do. Don't, don't you remember that game? Uh, yeah. Michael Thomas, wasn't it that scored? But anyway, that's another conversation. Um, <laughs> um, just yeah. So we were we we were going up to Liverpool, and um, we've we've ended up buying in uh, areas along the M6. But only mm-hmm. where we've got a, a team in terms of for lettings. Yeah. Because that is the key. When you're looking at buying outside of your area, I mean, in our area, we manage our own properties. We don't give them to anybody else because we know our area. Outside yeah. of our area, you need a good team. And if you don't have a good team, it can all fall apart. Yeah. So um, mm-hmm. in Liverpool, we've got a very good team, letting agent. It's pretty much passive. And our properties are pretty much... Uh, we have houses that have been converted into flats, so mm-hmm. they yield very well so, because you're, you're almost paying the same as you would to buy a house, maybe a little bit of a premium, yeah. but the yield is a lot better. You're getting sort of two, uh, you know, double the rental coming mm-hmm. back in. Um, and then you've got um, uh, in 
in where we, we also have in Stoke-on-Trent, we've got student houses there. So students are, again, they're like HMOs. So, um, again, it's a house, but it's giving you more rent. So, and the, the prices are so much more different to, to down here. So you're looking at property values from anywhere from about 100 to 150. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. But rents, but, but with a lot more, you know, yield. But again, you need to have a good management team to look after them because you cannot go 200 miles up the motorway just because someone's tax leaking. You know, it, you have to have a good team. <laughs> yep. 100%. So yeah. you, you took your, the, so, you know, you started off down south and your, your, the, the values of your property increased. And at, at a point you then took the equity that, that, you know, amassed in those properties. And then yeah. you took that up north to yeah. invest in properties where it was going to get generate you more cash flow. You weren't necessarily going to get the capital growth, but you're going to get the cash flow, which gives you the income and gives That's you the it. lifestyle you want, right? Exactly. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, um, we're not looking for cash flow up north. And I think there's the people when when you're buying a property, you want cash flow and you want capital growth. Yeah. But it, you've got to take a view sometimes that actually, if you've got the cash flow, what do you need the capital growth for? Mm. You look at the value of your own home where you're living. If you don't sell, it doesn't make a difference. Even if your property's worth a million, it's... It's, it's just paper. It, it's, it's just, just paper. It doesn't, paper. It, it doesn't put food on your table, right? It's just mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just a number, right? So the, the cash flow was important for us because being self-employed, if we decide to retire tomorrow, um, you know, we've got income coming in that is purely from property. Yeah, yeah, that is that is so key. And, you know, I always have this conversation with people as well. It really much depends on where you are in your life and what you're after. Exactly. You know, I, you know, I invest a lot in the South and, you know, and every once in a while I'm like, oh, I really want to go up north. And I really do. Um, but then I also have to think of, okay, what is it that I'm looking for right this minute? Um, you know, what is my goal? Am I looking at the long term? Am I trying to build that long term wealth now um but then at the same time i'm also looking at my cash flow so for example when i left uh, my job in the city i knew that i had to replace my city job um so i start that's when i started to look at um, service accommodation for the cash flow and i suppose even at that point in time if i had the opportunity to go up north i probably would have um just so that to build my my cash flow but then ultimately but where I am right now, I'm more interested in the long-term capital appreciation. So I suppose there is no right or wrong answer. It's just no, basically there isn't. And, I, and I like the fact that your your portfolio now is diverse because you've got the ones in the south, you've got the ones in the north. Um, and I think that that's, that's beautiful. I like that. Thanks for sharing that. So this is one of the reasons why I really... That's why I wasn't... I wasn't trying to big you up, Gita, at the beginning. But this <laughs> is the reason, Dami, why I've been with them for so long because... When we're, you know, when we bring the deals to them or when we're having conversation, it's not just about, okay, this is the rate, this is the bank, you know, this is the fixed <laughs> the variable. It's much more um, detailed conversation. So we're talking about the numbers. We're talking about, okay, what is your long, what is your goal? We're talking about capital growth versus cash flow. We're talking about, okay, what kind of market, who are your, um, your target tenants and so on and so forth. So it's so important to find um, a broker that isn't just a broker but a broker that actually understands property and I think you know even when I've gone on my training that's one of the things they've always emphasized the same thing goes with lawyers as well you know you can have a licensed conveyancer to do your 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 house purchase but as an investor you ideally want to have someone that also has that experience um, in investing because not only are they bringing their 
their legal hat on, they're also bringing the investment or investor hat on. And I think that's really key um, for when people are looking to, to find themselves a broker. So thank you so much, Gita, for sharing your story. So as, as we round up, what would you say or what would be your personal recommendation to new investors and I suppose all seasoned investors on how to navigate the housing market post-COVID? So, you know, what would you say people should be looking up for, should be wary of or should do more of? And this is just a personal recommendation. It's not a, this isn't the financial advice. It's just yeah. I mean, I would say if you're starting off, um, if you can have access to somebody who has property and is willing to share, then that's I would say you know use that information if you can. If there is somebody who's already done it before you, you know, find out what what they did, what mistakes they made, and you've got to find out what mistakes have been made, where it can go wrong. Because nobody want, nobody really talks about. You've probably seen loads of webinars. Everyone, you know, there's so many property. Everyone talks about how wonderful property is and the how dream. things can go right. <laughs> the dream, exactly. But nobody ever tells you what can go wrong, and things can go wrong. You know, uh, you oh, know, it's yeah. it's not always. But things can go wrong, and you know, you get a call because some of our local properties we've had calls at ten o'clock. I've been locked out. I mean, who gets locked out? But they get locked out, and you've got to go out in the cold, give them open up, and then come back, and you know, things like that. But, um, you know, my, so somebody new, I would say, try and speak to somebody who already has property, but it's not a race. Don't try and rush into anything. Look on right move, look at the property, uh, look at the value, look at how much it's being sold for, compare it to other similar properties. Mm. Don't be afraid at looking at ones that might need a bit of tidying up. They might have like, I don't know, 1970s carpet and floral wallpaper, whatever it is. But if, as a property, it's in the right location, mm. to redecorate doesn't cost so much. Structurally, you want to stay away from anything like that if you're new. And then the other thing as well is, is it in a location that can rent? So when you're on right move, looking at the value, also check the rents in the area as well. Because when you're at home, you can do all the numbers and you don't even have to make an offer. You just do all the numbers and does it work? Because yeah. that's what it is at the beginning. You want to sit down with a calculator. It's, it's boring. That bit is boring, but that bit saves you money. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. don't, I mean, I think our main thing is don't rush into, because we have so many people phone up and say, I found a property, I really need to move quickly. And you're like, have you done the numbers? And you've got to slow it down because it's so easy to jump into it. Excellent. So I guess the final question then, Gita, would be, could you tell us what property means to you? Um, it's actually freedom to do what I want. Uh, because if I, I could, if I wanted to retire today, but I enjoy what I do. I enjoy meeting, you know, helping people like Bimbola. And, you know, it's not just about um, the property gives you choices. It, it allows you to do other things. I mean, last year was a bit of a write-off, but I turned 50 last year. So we had lots of good things planned. I like tennis. I was going to see the tennis in Monaco and we we're going to go to the Champions League final, all these sort of things that we, we do as a family. Mm. We do because property allows us to do it. Amazing. Thank you. Yeah. So, so it's, it's actually, it, it, that's why I say freedom, because it gives you the freedom to do the things you want to do. Thank you. That is the goal. That is the goal. Freedom. <laughs> Financial freedom. Life freedom. Exactly. Like freedom to live life as you want it to. Awesome. Oh, so so just want to say thank you once again, Gita, for um, coming on PropCast. It's been a pleasure 
to uh, speak to you and find out a bit more about you and uh, what you can do. If people want to get in touch with you, where can they find your details? We'll, we'll put it in the show notes, but where can they find your details? Okay, so uh, we, if they Google Lemon Tree Financial, we will appear, but um, I'll give you our office telephone number. Um, it's uh, 0208 um, and our website is lemontreefinancial.com. So awesome. And are you on social media as well? No. <laughs> okay. No problem. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> I, there's a reason why I'm not on social media because a lot of what we, we look after lots of different people from different walks of life and we keep it very private and confidential. So that's sure. the reason. Um, I've seen people on things like Twitter and sort of brag about what they've done and this and that. We don't do that. So cool. we have, we look after generations of families in terms of, which is makes me feel really old. We're now looking, looking <laughs> the mortgages with the, the children now that you know that we help the parents set up. So oh, that's oh, good. Wow. That's that's a sign of good business. That's a yeah. sign of good business. So that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Excellent. We'll put it. We'll put that in the show notes. But we just want to say once again, Gita, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure to speak to you, and we'll hopefully have you back very soon. All right, thank no you problem. So much, Gita. Thank you, Bimbola. All right. Okay. Bimbola, so that was your mortgage broker of life. My mortgage broker of life. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Every time I have to, every time my phone rings and it's my broker, I cancel wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, I jump up and I pick up that call. (laughs) But I suppose, I mean, in this business, right, that's one of the key things. It's the, you know, it's the finance you know, leveraging of the bank's money to 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 finance your deal. So yeah, this relationship is very dear to me. I have to say, of course, very dear to of me. course. <laughs> and um, yeah, as we always say, property is a people business. Yes, we're yeah. buying bricks and mortar, but that's just the bricks and mortar. Everything else around it is people. Your yeah. build team, your finance team, your you know the agents that you use the people that you put in the house, it's all to do with people and it's all to do with relationships. So that's amazing that she's, she said that she's doing, you know, uh, generations now, which, which is a sign of business because, you know, they, they've kept those relationships alive. And um, so, yeah, so um, we hope you found that useful. We enjoyed talking to Gita and having her on as a guest. If you found, if you have found it useful, please do share, please do like, subscribe, um, so that anytime we release uh, an, an episode, you'll be notified. We've got lots of guests coming up and, um, it's a real exciting season and we're coming up to one year, Bim. We're coming up to one year. We're coming up. We're we can't even celebrate. We can't even party or celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> that we have a virtual party. Yeah. We will have a virtual party, no doubt. Exactly. But yeah, so. we're coming up for a year. It's exciting. It's been good. And just the other day, we were, we reminded ourselves, the dummy sent me a video that we took, that we, a video of us on the 31st of Jan 2020, where the idea came from and we, we sat down, we had a short video saying, look, we're looking to do a pod, to start a podcast. What should we call it? Blah, blah, blah. And, you know, just looking back and I was like, wow, that is amazing. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been good. Shout out to uh, Uncle Tony, who uh, gave us the name Propcast. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Thanks, Uncle Tony. (laughs) Awesome, awesome. Cool. So until next time, thank you for listening. 
please do share please do subscribe and uh and leave a comment if you found it useful it will really it'll be useful for us so that we know that we're connecting would love to hear subjects that you want to hear about if you have any guests that you want to hear from just drop us a comment and uh, leave a feedback for us so that we can uh, we can read your feedback and of course just to remind you all we're also on clubhouse every tuesday and every thursday uh, in conversations so find us on clubhouse to connect even more with us thank you and until next time ciao for now ciao ciao ciao